Hello and welcome to this week's BossCast. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting and I'm joined today by Gonzalo Galindo, who's president of Semex Ventures. Uh, and Semex Ventures is the venture arm of one of the world's biggest construction concrete businesses. And then Gonzalo, was, uh, he worked at Semex for over 20 years and after joining the firm in 1999, he served as president of the UK operations between 2008 in 2011. Gonzalo, thank you very much for joining us today. And I mean, let's just start at the beginning. Semex Ventures, it's a VC fund focused on addressing pain points in the construction industry and promoting sustainable solutions. And I think a lot of people will have obviously watched the uh, COP26 conference at the end of last year. They'll be thinking now about how they deal with some of the, the, the massive pain points that they have in addressing sustainability. But What's one of the world's biggest concrete companies, one of the world's biggest emitters? What have you got to teach people about about this space? And, and what's Semex Ventures doing to try and help address the biggest issue of the day? Well, thank you, Andrew, and, and thank you for giving me the opportunity today to speak with your, with your audience. Well, as you know, climate change is probably one of the most pressing issues that the humanity is facing right now, no? COVID eventually will go. But CO2 is there and, and, and we have very limited resources to actually make sure that we uh, revert the, the negative effects that, uh, that climate change is, is pressing in, the, in, our, in our world. No? So CEMEX, as a heavy emitter of CO2, we are quite concerned and really do working very hard to actually reduce our footprint uh, in the many ways as possible. No? We have uh, set up very stringent targets to actually reduce our carbon footprint, to reduce it all I would say to 60% by 2030 and to get to net zero by 2050, which is quite a challenge because technologically we are not there yet to reach the net zero. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. that's where, where uh, open innovation, where, where, where uh, corporate venturing, like what we are doing, it becomes very, very important. I mean, we really need to promote the execution and development of technologies which will help us to reach whatever COP26 have said about the targets to reach in 2050, no? Yeah, so the fund, uh, so Semex Ventures was launched in 2017. Semex has, has been around for over, what, 100, nearly 120 years, right? You were set up in 1906. Um, so you've, you're, you've got a presence pretty much right across the world. But you're right, I mean, you did produce, uh, you do produce around 87 million tonnes of carbon annually. So uh, it's, it's a big old payload that you need to try and equalise. So let's talk about where you see that being accomplished. Where within the value chain of what you do, is there the biggest opportunity to reduce carbon emissions, do you think? Well, um, in cement and concrete production, the biggest issue is in the actual uh, process. I mean... We burn fuels to reach high temperatures to create a chemical reaction which changes limestone into what we call clinker and eventually into cement and eventually into concrete. No, That chemical reaction generates about 60% of that CO2, not even the fuel. So, uh, And that chemical reaction won't change. The fact is that cement will is and will continue being the most important construction material in the world because of resiliency. Actually, concrete absorbs CO2 in the long run. And actually, it's more resilient than wood and whatever you, you give me. No? So we need to address that. No? There's plenty of technologies currently available and many things we can do to reduce substantially 
and reach actually those 2030 targets, which is about changing our fuel mixes, changing a little bit the chemistry of the product, changing uh, what we call the clinker factor, how much actual reacted uh, limestone is in the cement itself, no? Uh, yeah. And that will give us a lot. But but beyond that, we need to tap into new technologies, which is carbon capture, carbon usage, carbon storage, uh, avoidance of carbon generation, and things like that, no? So, and, and those technologies will take some time to be developed, no? Yeah, no, exactly. And, and that's a good point. Well, but let, let's start with carbon capture. So there's one business, one of your portfolio companies at Semex Ventures is a company called Carbon Clean, who are pioneering a new system of carbon capture and separation. I mean, can you explain for our listeners what that means? What does carbon capture actually mean, and how does it work? Is it simply like putting a big, big fishing net over the over the chimney to to scoop it out, or is it is it slightly more complicated than uh, that? Well, it's 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 in essence, it's big putting a big fish net in the chimney, but but it's not as simple as that. No, there are a few technologies to actually capture uh, capture. CO2. Uh, some of them are membranes based, some of them are amines based, they are only like the chill ammonia and things like that. No, the, the problem currently with carbon capture, especially with cement, is that it is not cheap to do. In certain cases, for example, in the cement case, our gases, the, the flue gases which come out of the stack, they are not necessarily pure CO2, they come with something else. So, actually, capturing that CO2 means you need to first concentrate the CO2 and then trap him somehow. No, and then use it somewhere or store it somewhere. No, That sounds very simple, but in a physical terms, it's quite complex. No, And the other thing is, is it might not be cheap. Carbon capture, in, in essence, what they do is they capture CO2 from the stack in a very simple, modular, and cheap way. Which it, and, and this technology might be a breakthrough in carbon capture technology because of the cost which it's aiming to, to do it, and the simplicity and modularity they they aiming to do it as well, no? And that's why we actually bet on carbon clean to actually be one of the main technologies of carbon capture in the future. No? Yeah, yeah. So where, where are they based, the company? It's actually a UK-based uh, company. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll have to get them on at some point over the next few months. It'd be great to speak to them. I mean, I think just for context, though, I think, yes, it's expensive. But when you think that cement production alone generates 8% of the world's emissions, I would argue that it's probably a technology worth putting money towards, right? Because the, the potential impact here is huge. Well, you can think about that, but the fact is that somebody has to pay for it. No? Yeah. And I mean, and, and on that point, do you think, is there more that governments need to do here? Because I think we see a lot of domestic targets in different countries we see eu targets and we've seen some of the pledges that have come out of the the cop 26 summit in glasgow at the end of last year but uh, do we need to have a, a europe-wide or a global research and development fund an r&d fund that can say right we need to invest in technologies like carbon capture but we need to do this on a global scale because yeah costs shed loads of money and it's expensive and and we need to have a, a big solution here a well, big focus it, it, it certainly needs the participation of many many people institutions governments and so on no? and it has to happen um, coordinately otherwise it, it i mean it, for example in europe and the uk you've been being concerned about carbon and emissions and climate very strongly for the last 25 years no 
and the European Union has set up funds, the UK has funds to actually help these technologies to get real and, and to be alive, no? Uh, yeah. But that doesn't mean anything if, if next door, in, in I don't know, in Asia or in the US, they don't have the same intensity, no? At the end of the day, carbon is not just, I emit carbon here and I'm just the one having the, the benefits or, or, the, or the damage of the carbon, no? I mean, it, it happens worldwide at the same time, no? So it, it really needs the coordination and the aim of everybody to actually make it happen, no? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, they've already disrupted many aspects of the construction sector, allow different stakeholders to accurately measure and monitor the level of emissions that are being produced during the process of construction. What potential does technology have for the wider sector? What, what other impacts do you think technology, AI, machine learning, and, and other things more generally can, can do in construction, which, let's be honest, hasn't really changed in a century. We're still building stuff the same way as we were. I, I personally have a, a mixed feelings for artificial intelligence and machine learning and so on for the following reason. I mean, it's based on the data you use and yeah. how you manage those data. No? So if, if garbage is in, garbage is out. So, and that's, yeah, that's the problem. A lot of data isn't very clean. It's exactly. Not very... That's one. Uh, in the other hand, I agree. I mean, if you have the right data and you, have, you can predict and preempt a lot of problems. But for example, in, in, in terms of construction and, and climate change as it, itself, you can actually predict and preempt a lot of problems. But at the end of the day, you need the physical solution. Artificial intelligence in itself won't absorb CO2. Yeah, no, that's then that's a good point. So I mean, let, let's talk about one another of the the businesses that you've invested in a company called Sarg Geomechanics. Um, Sarg spelled S A A L G. Uh, forgive my pronunciation, um, but they provide the fir- what they claim to be the first and only software that uses machine learning to empower the entire construction value chain. What in in in, in plain English or plain Spanish maybe? What 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 does Sog do, Gonzalo? Well, Sog, what they do is they use uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning to actually predict how soils and underground will behave when you are building something on top of it. And based on that uh, analysis, what they can help is for uh, constructions to use lighter foundations or more effective foundations. So you can use less, less, concrete, use less concrete, less carbon. For example, no? and, and reduce the amount of uh, money that you will spend. No? So it's, 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 it's in, in essence, when engineers and, and architects and, and designers and, and construction companies go to build a building, they play it safe. So if they're going to build a X building with X amount of concrete, they, they just play it safe because they don't want the, the building to fall down. But if you know exactly how the building will behave based on the underground, you can actually make that uh, structure more lighter, simpler, and cost-effective. And of course, you will use less concrete, and of course, you will emit less CO2, no? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, to what, to what degree do you think that people are using too much concrete in buildings and, and, and over-specifying it, It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean... The problem with construction, and one of the reasons why construction hasn't been able to improve productivity as any other industries or get into the digital bandwagon as fast as any other industries is because every single construction event is different. 
every time, if you build a car, you have the same chassis, the same motor, the same brakes, the same fa uh, the lights, the same seats, the same steering wheel. In construction, two buildings next to each other will be completely different ballgame. Different calculation, yeah. different design, different people, different construction companies. So it's really hard to really make something standard, something repetitive, no? So if you go to the, the concrete world, everybody, it's, it's, every mind is a world, no? Yeah, but that's basically why people are now starting to really get behind modular construction, off-site manufacturing. There's a way of of creating that that regularity and that consistency that you're that you're referring to there. So that car chassis, that aeroplane manufacturing approach that companies like that modulus are trying to promote and, and other businesses in this space. Yes, exactly, and that's we're very interested in off-site construction, industrialized construction, because. It aims is to actually start to structure and be more consistent about going about building something. The trick there is making sure that that construction system actually caters for different tastes or designs or wheels of construction. Now, at the end of the day, construction, when, when everybody builds a house, builds a, a, a bridge, they're certainly solving a problem or giving shelter to somebody, but it's also about a dream of somebody. I want to have a house. I want to make sure I can cross this river. No? Uh, it, yeah, it is an yeah. epic mindset which actually works there, and, and, and that drives a lot of what construction is. No? Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking a bit before about uh, the energy-intensive nature of, of construction and particularly concrete manufacturing, and I, I think, again, you know, it's a startling fact that around 90% of the emissions that are created during the, the the cement production process come from those energy intensive kilns. Um, what role do you see alternative fuel sources having here? Again, if we could use clean energy, that can potentially help with some of the issues and some of the challenges. Well, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense. We, we've been changing our fuel mixes for the last 30 years. We, we actually used today, substantially less carbon or fossil fuels. And we actually aim to use as much uh, what we call biomass-based fuel as much as possible, no? But also, we it's still actually- burn, It's still burning something though. I mean, biomass is something still being burned at the end of that process, yes, right? Yes, but that biomass will eventually generate CO2 anyway. So in net terms, you are not generating more CO2 that it's going to be generated. No, that, that's the, the basic principle behind, behind biomass. No? Yeah, uh, yeah. And the other thing is, is renewable, renewable the electricity or, or energy power. No? Uh, we're aiming to have 100% renewable electricity in the next 10 years. Today, we are around 50%. We have operations like our UK operations, which works 100% on renewable energy. No? So, I mean, on, so on this point, tell us about uh, another one of the businesses that you've invested in, a company called Synhelion. Uh, Syn Helion, spelled S-Y-N-H-E-L-I-O-N. Uh, all these weird spellings that companies have to have these days. But um, but yeah, it must be a bloody nightmare in, in, in different languages. <laughs> I don't know how you guys go, but tell, tell us about Syn Helion, Gonzalo. Syn Helion, what they do is they, they use solar power to actually generate enough heat for industrial purposes. For example, producing cement, you need to heat the kilns at about 1,700 degrees. No? 
it, that that's the temperature not... this is how my wife makes toast in the morning exactly, she does the same thing exactly and just imagine that toast being made with with solar power so, so what they do is they concentrate that solar heat in order to reach those temperatures and use the co2 generated in the chemical reaction to actually be the heating media of the kiln itself so effectively you can make cement without any fossil fuel at all Wow, so that's pretty hot. I mean, so so with that kind of business, then what what stage are they at in developing that technology? They we are this year, next year, actually, two thousand twenty-two will be piloting at a decent scale that concept. I mean, we are they have already established the the heating concentration device, and we will install next to it a small kiln to produce kilograms of of, of cement with solar power no if that works by 2023 we go we will go at an industrial scale wow okay well that's that's you know, that's pretty that's, that's pretty close pretty close i mean what other businesses i mean what other businesses are exciting you at the minute uh, at, at this sort of early stage well there's plenty of things which actually does not appear to be directly linked to climate change, but the side effect of what they do is really important for example yeah um, yeah voyage control one of the main problems of the construction industry is the supply chain. It's a mess. If you manage to control the supply chain, you take away a lot of transportation, a lot of vehicles out of the, and a lot of fuel being consumed. So that's why we actually, it not only improves the productivity at the job site in the construction, but also helps the supply chain, and supply chain means a lot of fuel being uh, used. Uh, for example, Arclight, which is a company which uh, recycled plastics, any type of plastics into a non-structural uh, gravel, which can be used for non-structural concrete. So you effectively reduce the amount of natural rock and stones that are being used in concrete use with recycled plastics, mm. uh, which has a massive benefit for society. No? We can also talk about, for example, Soil Connect. Soil Connect, what they do is actually try to help recirculate waste materials into actually productive materials, no? uh, soils which are moved for, for highway construction, which can be reused to something else. They have to match that demand and supply of materials which are not going to be used into something usable. No? Yeah, that's right. Interesting. So, I mean, let, let's, let's go back to, to voyage control. So you said they're basically a logistics management business. What problems are they solving? Is this about just making transport of materials more efficient what 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 do they actually I think do they, they solve a lot of problems from the contractor's point of view they help them make sure that the supply chain of materials into the job site is orderly effective and cheap for example if you're gonna pour concrete on monday you cannot receive glass windows on monday and yeah. contractors usually spread in subcontractors, a lot of the procurement and things that happen in a job site. No? So through voyage control, what they do is they manage to coordinate what happens from the supply chain at the job site for everybody. If you are the glass contractor and you are the concrete contractor, through voyage control, you will know that you cannot program the same day the same thing. And yeah. not only that, you can actually drive orders into the job site to the suppliers in an orderly manner. What this means is that you want load a truck with, with glass windows, send it to the job site and figure out that you won't be able to deliver that glass window that day. So you will have to drive back. 
And the yeah. next day you will drive in again and probably you won't be able. So in that, in, because of voyage control, you will know that you will have to deliver the glass windows on Monday 27th. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And that yeah. saves a lot of waste through the throughout the construction process, no? Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good example. I mean, the, the I mean, let's, let's also talk about Soil Connect. That was another one of the companies that you just mentioned. And Soil Connect, they're a US-based business, aren't they? And they're a digital marketplace for excavation materials. Basically, they're stopping or reducing the amount of waste that goes into landfill. And this, I think, in in England, you know, we've been actually realizing in recent weeks and recent months how much waste from the uk gets sent abroad to other countries and gets shipped across europe um and, and ends up just being burned which is which is obviously very depressing but this business is essentially there to help reduce that right it's, it's helping acting acting as a bit of a as a go-between that, yes I, I think that the, the opportunity that self connect is tapping is that any single waste is of use for somebody else the problem is making sure that that somebody else actually knows that that waste is going to be generated and he can tap into it. Through this marketplace, what Soul Connect ensures is that if we're going to generate dirt or excess soil from any job site, somebody else might be willing to use that dirt or soils for something else. And he connects that supply with that demand. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's a really interesting business. And, and I've been going back to what you were saying earlier about data. And, and I agree with you that if you put garbage in, you get garbage out. And if the data isn't clean, then the technology isn't going to have much of an impact. But so with something like this, presumably, there's quite a lot of, of data that you can take from this to monitor uh, and start to record the amount of waste that's being created. Well, certainly, certainly. I mean, a principle behind many of these investments at this company is that, yes, you physically solve a problem, but back of their minds, they're actually building a data which eventually will help them to solve some other problems that we, we, can, we are not thinking about them right now. No, mm. uh, Data, at the end of the day, is, is one of the new goals. No, I mean, and, and having organized data effectively and concentrated into certain issues, that, that will be a big difference in the future. And how do you think governments need to step in here? Because, again, it's fantastic that loads of different businesses are now trying to solve some of these problems. But unless some of these things, like, for example, the, the, the measurement of waste, for example, unless some of these things are uniform across the board and the same in different countries, there's not really going to be any way to truly benchmark impact or, or to recognize what difference is being made? Well, I think governments can do a lot to help this get into get success. No? Certainly one, is, one thing is, is regulation, but regulation has to be not just request for certain behaviors, but also act upon those behaviors. No? For example, in, in, the, in the UK you just mentioned, I mean, it's very expensive to landfill something. No? If you're going to landfill something, it's going to cost you hundreds of pounds per ton to landfill something. Well, use that hundreds of pounds to actually promote and invest in solutions which actually will reduce that landfill or make that landfill more productive. No, And that's where governments need to be very proactive in not just regulating for the sake of being regulators, but regulators for the sake of being promoters. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And 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 then just focusing on the UK for a bit more, what but a bit longer. What what do you think England or Britain needs to do to help drive forward more modernisation of of its construction sector? You were you worked here for a few years. You were director of UK operations for Semex, and I'm sure you know Britain very well. What what do you think England needs to do to move things forward? Actually. Uh, you might be surprised, but, but I think the UK and England is have been the most proactive in actually making sure they improve the, the construction environment from all the countries I've been. I mean, probably Singapore, the UK, and probably you might say France, they are the most proactive in really making sure that construction is productive, they reduce waste, they reduce the environmental impact. No, Of course, it's, it's a massive enterprise. It's, it's, it's really hard to enforce a lot of things and, and make sure that they happen the proper way. And there's many ways of having opinions about how to build and how to reduce waste and so on. No? But at least the UK have been very proactive in regulating things and having not only regulation, but also enforcement and think tanks on how we can make this better. No? You have, yeah. The UK was the, one of the first countries to promote the BIM usage. But they just not say, uh, let's use BIM and that's it, and that's the regulation. No, they have a BIM office of people not only enforcing the BIM usage, but also uh, encouraging and promoting and making sure that BIM is properly used. And that's something I haven't seen in many places, which is very, very important. And that's why uh, the UK construction industry has moved very rapidly in changing things compared to other countries no? yeah yeah so that's building information modeling that's uh just to explain the acronym to anyone that doesn't know what bim is but uh, i mean so i mean just to, to to close off the conversation what can we expect over the forthcoming 12 months from semex ventures how much are you going to be investing this year as we look towards as we you know we're at the start of 2022 uh, how much are you going to be investing this year uh, and what other businesses do you expect to be making uh you know to be cutting through into the mainstream well um we usually make between four or five investments every year and a couple of follow-ons on, on previous investments uh, in terms of money it, it's difficult to say because it it, it, it depends on case by case we really go case by case and actually might try to make uh, every single money, I'm sorry, every single dollar we spend the most productive one for the startups and for us as well. No, We expect to continue investing in climate change related items, uh, CO2 management, uh, CO2 capture, CO2 usage, the reduction of fossil fuel usage, like for example, hydrogen and so on. Uh, we expect ourselves to be very active as well in circular economy, recycling of, um, of, of materials, recycling of demolition materials and things like that. We expect ourselves being very active as well in supply chain issues. Supply chain is one of the major factors of waste and, and, and delays in construction. And, and it's probably one of the areas which has been less invested in terms of construction technology. And as well, we, we will continue searching for opportunities in productivity, digitalization, and so on, no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And personally for you, what, what's the most exciting thing that you see in your role? Obviously, you've been in the sector for a few years, Gonzalo, haven't you? And it, it's obviously fantastic for you to be now on the vanguard of change. What's 
personally the most fulfilling area of the role that, that, that you see? I, I think you mentioned it. I mean, construction is an industry which is hard to change. And, and it's an industry which uh, still requires a fair amount of generational shift. And in this role, I think the, the thing I, 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 I nourish the most is having the opportunity to have conversation and interact with people which actually is willing to change things and come up with different ideas, with different ways of doing things, which may or may not work. They might be crazy sometimes, but it's really refreshing to have a different perspective on, on the industry, which I've worked with uh, for 23 years. No? So really having those conversations and those um, dreams about how we can change this is, is really refreshing. Okay, well, that's fantastic to hear. And, and some of the companies that we've mentioned in this conversation are, are SOG, Geomechanics, we've talked about Synhelion, we've talked about Voyage Control, Carbon Clean, Soil Connect, and we also had a shout out to Modulus who we had on the podcast at the end of last year with Mark Farmer. But thank you very much to uh, to Gonzalo, to Gonzalo Galindo, uh, who's president of Semex Ventures for joining us today and very much up for talking to any exciting construction technology or property technology businesses that are making some sort of impact, particularly around climate over the next uh, next year or so. So to do please get in touch with us. You can subscribe to PropCast at Spotify, at Apple, on SoundCloud. Please do keep coming back to propertyweek.com for, uh, for more analysis and more news about everything in the sector. Uh, thank you again to Gonzalo. Cheers. Uh, and great to see Semex Ventures making such a huge impact there. My name's Andrew Teacher. I'm the founder of Blackstock Consulting. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you again soon and hope you have a great year ahead. <laughs>